Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. Today is episode number 90, and I'll be talking to Greg Wheating, a healer who helped leaders and entrepreneurs heal the anxiety, depression, chronic pain, and trauma they can't think or talk their way out of. He is the founder of Prisma, a framework overlaying trauma, neuroscience, and energy medicine with their somatic and mindfulness-based practices. He developed this while healing his own anxiety, depression, and chronic pain rooted in trauma. This included unraveling a severe spinal curvature and now standing three inches taller today. Over the last two decades, Greg has helped thousands heal through his one-on-one practice and has certified hundreds of healthcare professionals in his methodology. His new online course and community now makes healing practical and accessible to all. Hello and welcome to Greg. How are you, Greg? I'm great. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I came across your profile and I brought a ton of curiosity with all that you bring and your perspective of not only mental health, but on the healing process in itself too. Can you share a little bit about your unique perspective of not only transformation, but the healing process as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I find we're so conditioned to kind of see a symptom and want to chase, treat, or suppress the symptom. Um, Mm. or almost fight against it as if the symptom is the enemy. And my orientation to healing is the symptom is a really significant message from our body. And it's an opportunity to just become more present to ourselves and to better understand our needs. Um, And so, you know, I look at the symptoms, you know, and so rather than suppressing symptoms, you know, my approach to healing is helping the body further express like, well, what's beneath that? Um, And, you know, I think symptoms are just showing us where there's some patterns of stagnation and, you know, we're looking to create movement. Um, And so I feel health is movement, disease, illness is stagnation. And so, yeah, it's a very different approach, you know, and that that stagnation is a lot of noise where healing is breaking up the noise, not just putting a Band-Aid over it. But the Band-Aid has been such a formula that's been positioned and conditioned for us to use. Let's say, for instance, even the healthcare system, like the physical body healthcare system, often is 
very much a band-aid approach, right? Yeah. And you know, and that's that's what we've been offered. And growing up, I had chronic ear infections and you know, I, I, all I wanted to do was just take some medicine to get better. And so I get mm. it right. Like okay. when we're in pain, we, we want relief from that pain, you know, but those ear infections were chronic <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so I wasn't really getting to what was beneath all of that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, my approach working with energy medicine, I love to think of the body as a symphony orchestra and, mm. you know, all of our muscles and tissues and cells and the the organs and our hormones and our emotions and our beliefs and our memories are all parts of that symphony. Yeah. And when they're in harmony, there is this beautiful music and there is a harmony. Um, and, you know, because of stress, because of trauma, because of environmental influences, hereditary influences, um, you know, the communication, the harmony between these different parts starts to break down, you know, the nervous system gets short circuited. So then we start to, you know, feel rather split and fragmented within ourselves. And that's when, instead of this musicality of being and wholeness, we're starting to create a lot of noise. Um, And so I think healing is really understanding how to break up the noise create more of that harmonic resonance which actually has very little to do with the symptom right so even though i help people heal trauma i actually am not really focused on the trauma i'm I'm more focused on restoring their body's innate wisdom so they have their own capacity to heal the trauma often without us ever having to you know think or talk about it such a beautiful analogy there i love that the body just be in alignment and create this symphony so it is on balance so we can truly feel and express all the tones that we embody as human beings right or as spiritual beings we have such an opportunity to embody all of those and the analogy and the visual that you create is a beautiful way of looking at how when an emotion arises it arises for a reason to showcase a harmonic that is in resonance with our physical body so we'll feel it in certain parts of our body and that harmonic i mean there's a there's an intelligence to it right and Mm -hmm. so it often is yeah wanting our attention because there's a perhaps a message within that harmonic within that emotion that you know is helping to point us to particularly or getting a particular need met um to understanding a certain part of ourselves and yeah when you use the word tone it's like how many tones have we been performing or how many tones have we hidden mm-hmm. um around you know getting our needs met in a world that often, you know, the imprint of trauma is going to organize us around a fear of survival, right? And a lack of safety, a lack of psychological safety and trust within ourselves, within the world. So, you know, that full expression of our tonality gets muted and gets uh, limited. And um, it's, it's reclaiming that, right? And um, 
and and that expression is unique for each of us so what that what that wholeness what that harmony expresses um you know we each have our own song yeah and it's so important to recognize what that is because we're not all cookie cutters right we're not all built and designed to look and feel and sound the same we have our own unique vibrational frequency that lends specifically to to a soul, a spirit, and human form. And I think that is a beautiful gift. Yeah. You know, I often am helping folks kind of map the journey from pain to purpose. And mm-hmm. I often think, you know, and I think purpose has become kind of a trendy buzzword Mm -hmm. as of late and i think a lot of us are busy looking for purpose outside of ourselves and you know we're then not taking into account yeah what that unique expression of purpose is for us and i think healing helps us kind of locate what is intrinsic you know within us which is more in alignment and true which is you know, I, I look at purpose as emanating from a place of being, you know, from our mm-hmm. presence. So it's not so much what we do, but how we do it and who we are in mm-hmm. in the doing. Um, and and no one can no one can have the presence we have. Right. That is our unique offering yeah. in the world. Yeah. And what a beautiful gift that is often overlooked. And yeah, we don't get to embrace that. What are some of your attributes that you have learned to bring all of these insights and awareness and gifts in alignment for you that brings you to the purpose of you doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know, neuroplasticity you know neuroscience is a big piece around how do we locate enough safety to then um you know help to rewire the brain help to repattern yeah. neural pathways um yeah. you know our imagination creates the structure of our brain which then is really creating the structure of our lives mm-hmm. uh, you know and the the imprint and the lie of trauma often tells us we can't, tells us mm-hmm. we're separate, to, you know, so there's then an entire sense of self organized around alienation. And, you know, I think the truth of healing is a possibility consciousness, right? So, you know, and the the mindfulness piece there is then a reorientation from the pain body to possibility, right? Mm-hmm. And so we often will have a fixed identity around you know, these adverse experiences in life and how do we zoom out and, you know, have a more expansive view of who we are, um, which is not this fixed identity that has often been, you know, calcified and imprinted upon by trauma and stress and and difficult experience. And so, yeah, the mindfulness-based practices and the neuroplasticity really help us kind of reimagine what's possible and to let go of these fixed notions of self. Mm-hmm. So what was it that 
you had gained and really utilized in harnessing this gift and this craft of healing and supporting others through their healing journey. What are some of those main attributes that you have harnessed? Well, it's probably helpful just to share some of my own journey. You know, I came to healing not really knowing that this this world of healing was even an option. You know, I used to live with really severe chronic pain, anxiety, and depression. I had a really severe curve in my spine. Um, and so I was introduced to energy medicine and then mindfulness mm -hmm. and somatics and, you know, all of these healing mm -hmm. practices um, kind of through serendipity mm -hmm. and, you know, started to experience this unraveling of my spine and started to then kind of unearth like stored patterns of trauma and the limiting, limiting beliefs and behaviors that were organized around that trauma. And, you know, that all began to unravel, right? I'm three inches taller today than I was 25 years ago. There's wow. no longer, you know, chronic pain or depression. But, you know, prior to being introduced to this first through a friend, you know, I was steps away from, you know, antidepressants and pain meds. And mm. so having discovered all of these pieces, it's really just been my own lived experience that, um, you know, then I kind of just started to share different practices. I lived in India for eight months and then I was mm. trained to facilitate meditation so then kind of the role of teacher kind of fell into my lap again, kind of yeah. through serendipity. So then when I returned to the States, I just kind of continued that thread and, you know, kind of like following breadcrumbs, just, you know, mm -hmm. one teacher leads to another one practice and methodology led to the next. And, you know, really just, you know, so much passion. Once I kind of had moved through so much of my own pain I kind of thought who am I not to share this mm. and then in the last five years it's like okay now how do I reverse engineer that and kind of put it into you know a meaningful framework that makes healing accessible and relevant for others what do you believe is your calling yeah I I like to I kind of am always just echoing the prayer, like, may I be guided so I can mm -hmm. be in service to the highest good. Um, and so, you know, right now that is to continue to share this body of work. And, you know, I'm really compelled to get healing, actually make it as accessible as possible. Um, so to get it into the hands and the hearts of anyone and everyone suffering, I am very compelled to work with leaders. Just I feel in leadership positions, we have a unique opportunity to either perpetuate cycles of harm or heal cycles of harm. Yeah. And so I think to be a leader is to be a vessel of healing. Um, but I actually have just been, I reached out to an organization this week, um, really compelled to get healing into the prison systems you know, I've, I came from the world of activism. So I always have, you know, this social justice kind of bent to me. So I really want to make this accessible to LGBTQ and people right. of color and, um, you know, marginalized identities that might not otherwise have access. So really wanting to mainstream healing, right. Mm -hmm. Where, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I, I had never heard of energy medicine until I had stumbled upon it. And if I had heard about it, you know, I probably could have saved myself, you know, a, a, a decade's worth of suffering if I had gotten my hands on the, the right tools sooner. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also I feel that, you know, my calling is evolving, right? I, I, I feel as I am kind of finding a way to make this work more accessible um, in a way that can also free up more space for my own creativity and then to kind of give back in the, the world of activism. So yeah. for me, creativity, activism, and healing are really linked. And so, um, yeah, that's those are big pieces for me. And they're beautiful pieces that work so well synergistically in many different facets, not only perhaps on a personal level to be able to create something and formulate and that nurturing aspect of creativity of all that that brings, but also the healing component of it, of something that needs more nurturing and needs more of that compassion and love, but to the activism element of not only what's going on in the world, but the inner parts of yourself possibly, because we've all been on that journey. I still have little parts of myself that are looking to get some airtime or to be, be seen, be visible those are all components of not only our internal self, but our external self too. So I love how you're bringing all of those pieces together and how ultimately when we're on our own growth and we're on our own journey, we step further and further into that empowered space, feeling more comfortable, feeling more confident and feeling more powerful to to own the skills that we have gained through our own pain and trauma. And, you know, for me, the, the link between those three, too, is really a path of storytelling and, right, like reimagining what's possible. And I think, I think art, activism, and healing share that quality of, you know, mm -hmm we see we see the possibility of a different future um and the art can inspire that the activism yeah. you know help create that in the world and then the healing is how we kind of articulate that you know internally right so yeah, um, yeah kind of this overlay of kind of the inner and outer experience and and helping them pattern match, right? I feel like there's often a lack of alignment between inner and outer world and that lack mm -hmm. of congruency. You know, we'll either make a big mess of things or we just won't, you know, be fulfilling on our on our mission or our purpose. Um, that's right. And, and again, that's a, that's a journey. Uh, that's a discovery and a growth. And I think, you know, the healing practice helps us attune to ourselves. Yeah moment to moment because that can evolve and change you know our values can i think there's core values that likely don't change but you know certain values i think do evolve over time you know mm -hmm. depending on the phase of life we're in certain things mm -hmm. do not more residence and more importance for us absolutely but it, it's also based on one's openness and readiness 
to a healing. I'm a group I'm a great believer that whatever we need will be presented to us, providing we're open. You had gone through a chronic um, health crisis, if I may say, for 10 years. And for you to be presented the solutions that you're offering today, five years ago within that journey or 10 years ago, the tipping point of that journey, maybe you wouldn't have seen it because there would have had to be a whole nother journey of possible, I want to say struggle, pain or strife or whatever for you to go, okay, now I've reached my tipping point. Now I'm open to more possibilities. And I think that is potentially a natural process that we all have to go through. Yeah. When I, I, when I speak to clients and students or, you know, folks that are considering working with me, it really is a conversation about kind of a cost payoff analysis, if you will, Mm -hmm. where, you know, a lot of our survival strategies that now are, you know, creating the pain we're in helped us get where we are today. Right. And so there's both wanting to honor these strategies and these mechanisms. um, But they, you know, what saved us, you know, years ago may be, you know, very detrimental to us today. And Yeah. yeah, that cost payoff analysis um, you know, it could be a, a, a balancing act of how to, you know, create a new template, create a new scaffolding of what's possible to then be able to let go of the old. And uh, that could be a tenuous process and as, as healing can be, you know, and I think healing is also kind of striking that balance of the pain we're motivated to get out of. Mm-hmm which is important that'll often get us to a healing practice but i don't think that'll sustain the healing practice it's then we need to orient to what we're inspired to move towards right so i like the idea of uh, motivation for the sprint and inspiration for the marathon yeah there needs to be a motivation to get to get through what needs to happen with all that you've learned and everything that you've gone through personally and professionally What do you now believe about yourself and does it define who you've become at this moment of time? You know, I I think we're far more capable than we give ourselves credit for. Um, And if I just kind of look back at my life, um, you know, just the dreams and the goals I've set for myself, um, I think we can almost limit ourselves with goals and dreams. And I I think dreaming and goal setting is important and valuable, um, but then not to get attached to that because, you know, we set goals and dreams based on, you know, the awareness we have of ourselves in that moment. And if we're committed to a growth path that continues to evolve. And so, um, yeah, I just love being able to continue to like kind of refresh and update kind of, my awareness of myself and what's possible. Yeah. Breaking through upper limits. You know, I, I I like to be kind of the perpetual student and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's easy to feel comfortable once we've, you know, landed in a certain place of understanding, um, within ourselves. And that's when it's really important, I think, to challenge ourselves to kind of continue to explore. Um, and to continue to challenge ourselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that wasn't always, 
you know, the the earlier version of me organized around pain and trauma, um, that that mindset would feel very threatening. You know, all I wanted was to have a fixed and stable sense of myself and that's it. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's a big piece of my work today. Like the sense of identity that is really evolving. Um, and, um, you know, the, the sense of impermanence and change. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think oftentimes trauma will have a very narrow fixed sense of who we are. And as limiting as that may be, it's also comfortable because we can hold on to it. Um, and yeah, just a commitment to a commitment to growth, a commitment to the unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. Even within those stages of cycle that you talk about, because it's a budding and a growth process of, you know, I'm learning something new. This is exciting. Oh my gosh, let me consume anything and everything that I have on this topic. And then you get into the digestion stage. So you digest it and you get comfortable with it. Um, and then it wears in where it's become the integrations already happened. And now it's possible stagnation. That to me is also a mirroring of how nature represents us, right? So we'll go through the same seasonal cycles. And I feel perhaps as human beings, we do that innately, but maybe that new growth isn't as long as what it is when we're excited about something. It can often get shortened or stifled because the fear of what that integration or comfortable level is going to look like and then what the extension of that is going to look like and how that can influence and change other aspects of our lives, our personal life, our professional life, our relationships and so forth. So I think for some, I've seen that new growth space be really short you know, we start to, we're comfortable with what we know, even if what we know hurts, right? And so, yeah, if we start to, um, you know, and I've had, I've had this conversation, a similar conversation with two clients recently, where it's like, there's been so much growth and it's like, whoa, like, I I almost want to slow it down. And, you know, and I'm very committed to a trauma-informed approach to healing. So there's not too much too soon. So we're, you know, not biting off more than we can chew. And we're creating kind of a cadence that we can titrate, you know, traumatic experience and process it and grow in a a way that's safe and sustainable. And there's the coach in me that also wants to give these nudges when I sense that there's enough nervous system regulation and capacity to keep leaning into growth. Right. And that's, that's more of an art than a science. Um, but, Mm. um, but I do think it's very easy for our mind to kind of default again to comfort and what is familiar. Um, and so, but I do think we reach a point where we, we gain some momentum mm-hmm. and then we can start to trust in that momentum because we've had enough experience that, Oh, I came out of that. I came out on the other side and I'm okay. And actually mm-hmm. I'm more than okay. 
right? Mm -hmm. So then that repair experience tells us that we can keep leaning in and we don't have to put our foot on the brakes. And, um, you know, sometimes we may take our foot off the gas um, and it's totally fine. I mean, again, sometimes the nervous system is going to get activated and we're going to hit the brakes because we're just going to default to that. Um, So there's no right or wrong here. It's just developing more awareness of these mechanisms and locating more embodiment, you know, a a sense of being able to feel ourselves through it all, which then brings us more agency and presence and choice in it all. Okay. So yeah, I, I did choose to default to like, you know, slam on the brakes, but now I can choose differently. Uh, yeah. But then there's also kind of the awareness of why we put our foot on the brake, which, right. you know, we might not have had that awareness previously. Sure. So I feel each time we kind of default to the old pattern or to not leaning into the growth, we can gather a few more data points to piece together more of a cohesive understanding of our lived experience and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. And I would add to that how crucial it is for anybody to build a team, build external individuals around you, not family, not friends, because that could be a little biased of pushing you out of your comfort zone, but individuals who who you can lean on, who are going to support you, but hold space for you as you go through this uncomfortable journey of unraveling some of this ickiness that is defaulted right and that's you know that's the type of container I'm holding for clients and students where it's we're holding space for the parts of us that just need to be held and sometimes that need to just fall apart you know and trauma is often too much too soon so healing is helping slow things down so we can be with what historically was overwhelming right but the more we do that then the more we can you know move forward in our life and so it's kind of that balancing act of slowing down to be with what was too much so then we can move forward and be with more and more Um, without it being too much and so um and that because you know that can feel kind of like fits and starts and a little jerky you know stop go stop go in the beginning and then we kind of starts to smooth itself out and we start to kind of feel into that cadence and and also know that there's kind of a cycle of expansion and contraction that's just a part of life and a part of this dance yeah and have less aversion and attachment to either and so kind of Oh, yep, here's some of the contraction. But if I allow myself to just feel the contraction, then that can serve as a springboard to expansion. We have to ebb to flow. Like Absolutely. But doing it from a conscious space has a whole different outcome. Yeah. Than exactly. just falling into it or being pushed into it because your external environment's pushing it on you has a whole different whole different perspective. And I 100% agree with the sentiment around having support, right? You know, we're not meant to we're not meant to do life alone as social creatures. Mm-hmm. Um and in terms of trauma, we certainly can't heal imprints that have you know imp- Trump traumatic imprints that have left the residue of alienation and isolation. We can't 
bring those into the light and back into wholeness in isolation, right? That yeah. so much healing happens relationally. Um, and so, yeah, having, having the support, you know, a teacher, a mentor, a therapist, a healer, mm-hmm. you know, a coach, all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. I agree. All of the above, because there are multiple facets of us and each of them need to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to what you have shared, what are your intentions with the offerings that you have, with your own journey, the intentions of your craft? Yeah. You know, meeting people where they're at um, is really important to me, but then holding a vision of what's possible. So then carrying kind of that, holding that tension of that arc of transformation. Mm. Um, you know, most people find me because they're suffering from anxiety, depression, chronic pain, you know, which is all often symptomatic of unresolved trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, that's the pain that they're motivated to get out of. Um, but, you know, through the work, and some people are coming to me because they definitely see the value of the the spiritual component of, you know, the practices I share and teach. Um, but again, many are coming more to resolve the pain and then come through the journey and realize that there's a deeper component of a spiritual practice at play here, which is really then, you know, speaking into the resonance of their heart and their their place and their purpose. And so I think, you know, people, the, the, the transformation is that of locating more freedom and truth and mm-hmm. power, but a big reframe around power. Cause I think with trauma, there's often been a, an abuse of power or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. power has been hijacked or we have very um, negative concepts of power based on the abuse and manipulation of power that's often modeled in the world. Right. So kind of reframing power as a place of presence, you know, not a power over, but a power with and for, so more of a generative power. Um, and, you know, how that helps people locate more aliveness and more courage, right? To just yeah. live in live in presence and let that presence guide. Um, and so I do think that is a, an arc from pain to purpose. Um, but even still, a lot of folks come to me, especially the leaders that come to me are very purpose driven, but, and they're made of purpose, but they're lacking the fulfillment, right? The mm-hmm. burnout and emptiness that we can, we can lose ourselves in our purpose. So kind of locating ourselves in our yeah. purpose. Yeah, absolutely. It's so crucial because yeah, we might be motivated and driven, especially from a leader perspective to get to that why that is fueling us but taking care of that process in between the journey the body the your own relationship day to day is so crucial and it gets put on the checklist with with ease i guess yeah yeah a lot of a lot of the leaders I work with have built something really beautiful and meaningful, you know, whether it's a platform, a company, um, you know, but it's 
they've reached a point where they realize that what they've built has been driven by a trauma response. And mm -hmm. again, honoring that it helped them build this thing, but if they don't find a, a new way to sustain it, it, it make, you know, crash and burn. Right. Um, and so that's the shift teaching the nervous system how to land and just helping, yeah. you know, helping us reside in ourselves in a way that's yeah. Sustaining. Yeah. Oh, very interesting work and very powerful work at that too. So what's next for you with the work that you're doing? You have developed a prism um, analogy, I guess, or a process. Mm -hmm. what, what else is next for Greg in supporting individuals through their journey of healing and leadership? Yeah, the the Prisma course kind of takes all the, the disparate pieces that I've kind of drawn upon for my own healing and puts them into kind of like an owner's manual for mental, emotional, spiritual health. And so mm -hmm. there's a trauma and neuroscience roadmap because I find a lot of us come to healing and we can be in therapy for years, but not really know the lay of the land, not really know where we're headed. Um, mm -hmm. And not that that we're all you know, headed back home to ourselves, but having a map to help, help articulate that. And yeah. then the pillars of my system are kind of the drop pins on that map, which kind of help us orient to kind of, yeah, where we're at, where we're headed and just some kind of meaningful mile markers along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the somatic and mindfulness-based practices I offer, yeah, are kind of like the built-in GPS. So we kind nice. of don't get lost on the way. And then, you know, the energy medicine component is the vehicle where a lot of trauma, we can't think or talk our way through. Mm -hmm. And so energy medicine really helps to kind of work that through the cells and the tissues and how trauma has imprinted in our physiology, yes. uh, how it's imprinted in our physical body and how mm -hmm. that, you know, really impacts our immune function and our circulation and our lymph and you know then starts to manifest in all sorts of of health issues mm -hmm. so yeah really supporting folks in that container which you know people can access um yeah. and you know have support from you know all these different tools wisdoms beautiful. and frameworks beautiful well it seems like you're doing a lot of magical work Obviously, having been through your own journey of 10 years of chronic healing and, and pain and having been around the world at a number of spots to, to reclaim and heal parts of yourself that have been challenged because of this beautiful world that we live in and the society and the systems that are created around us can often be, can take a toll can take at all but the gift that you're offering individuals to support them on this healing journey through the physical symptoms are, are really crucial so thank you for sharing your gifts sharing your story and being open and being receptive to generously giving to others from a different level Thank you, Greg. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And yeah, you know, I think, and I'll, I'll just leave it at 
you know, for me, I just reached a point where once my cup was overflowing, it's like, who am I not to share this work? And especially yeah. in the time we are living in today, um, yeah. you know, everything's coming to the surface. You know, we, we're seeing all of the wounding in, you know, both the collective and the individual. And so yeah. if there were ever a time for healing, it's now and we have to see it to heal it. So if I look at right now as troubling as it may appear as a really potent time for transformation and healing. Very much. Absolutely. The best that we can do is at least put out our hand to those who are willing to take it. And if they're willing to take it, you can guide them on that process. If they're not, then maybe they'll come back around and they'll be ready next time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Greg, for a delicious conversation. Thank you. I'm Naranjan, and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.